As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. We are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week, we cover the April Fool's patch, the archives event, and streaming controversy. everybody welcome to another week of the believe in overwatch league podcast hopefully you have missed hearing our lovely soothing voices we know we've missed using them kevin how have you been in this past week i uh, i've been good i've been this is a this is a very different change of pace but uh yeah i'm doing i'm doing okay we're starting off uh quite quite chill we're, we're doing like you know the fm radio late night uh jazz introduction this time um but yeah it it this week has been pretty chill for the most part i've been working on my stream like the the streaming room a little bit um trying to get i'm debating whether to do a 24-hour stream for my birthday um, Ooh. and if i do when is that happening it, it would be the 24th if i do it um is that your actual your, day? That is my actual birthday. And your actual birthday is this Saturday. So happy happy early birthday from, from us. Thank and you. If anybody's listening, tell Matt happy birthday on the 10th. Um, Send yeah. us like a message to our email. That'll be that'll be my birthday gift. <laughs> you could just say anything to him and he'll just he'll accept it. But yeah, it's been um been working on that, been trying to work on like writing things and stuff um and and watching a lot of twitch recently there's just been a lot of stuff going on um and yeah it's just it's just interesting uh trying to get the team together for you know the overwatch uh event and trying to play through it a lot of people did last night so i'm grateful for that but yeah there's just it's a lot of stuff to cover uh how about you how's how's your week how's everything going it's been a lot this week um so 
where did this, where to start? What happened? So there's been a lot of other, other podcasting work to be done. A lot of journalism stuff. Like this morning, I had to wake up at like eight thirty to try to contact my congressman, who's all the way in in D.C. right now. So that's like three hours. That's why I had to wake up earlier because they're three hours ahead of us. And like I've been trying for the last two days to get a comment for an article, and like still no response. So. I guess that whole thing about calling your congressperson doesn't actually work if your congressperson doesn't want to be called. So, well, at least now we know my congressperson might be a fighter pilot, but he doesn't know how to answer the phone. So that's very um, encouraging. <laughs> Aside from that, uh, what else has happened in my life? Things have happened in my life. I am not sure. Um, Oh, yeah. So I've been talking on this girl that I met on Tinder for like almost two weeks now. And I asked her out today, like, say, hey, once we get vaccinated, would you be down to go out? She said, yeah. So I'm very, very much looking forward to getting my my shot. So uh, at least in L.A. County, I know April 15th is when the general public can start getting our Fauci ouchies. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Kevin, you're fully vaccinated. Yeah. Yes, I am. How how bad were your your? I know we talked about this before, but just to remind me, how bad were your side effects, and which one did you get? So I got the Pfizer shot. Um, the first one hurt like a solid amount, but for a couple days. Um, but my second shot hurt more, and it didn't hurt on the outside more than it did like in my arm. I I don't know how to describe it. You you get shot on the outside. And like my pain was like in my armpit almost, like my like the the joint almost. Really? It was just kind of weird. But yeah, that, that lasted a lot longer than the first one. But um yeah, that that was my experience with it. The the thing that I recommend is like if you have the day off after you get the shot, um do not do what I do and fall asleep immediately. Try to try to fall asleep when uh when it's normal time to go to sleep because if you fall asleep, I got mine done at like eleven in the like eleven a.m. I go home and I crash at like two. I didn't wake up till seven, and then my entire sleep schedule is all over the place. So oh dear, it <laughs> it threw off everything for a while. So I'm glad that we're able to fix that. Um, but yeah, lethargy is number one. I think that's the first thing that you realize and then it's just like you know sight injection sight soreness and stuff like that so um yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty standard i would i would just say get it done um and take advantage of that crispy cream deal um <gasps> they don't if you don't crispy cream here yeah if, if you guys don't know if you bring your vaccination card to a crispy cream you can do it every day uh until whenever they stop offering it but you show them your vaccination card and you get a free glazed donut so oh oh my thighs my thighs <laughs> now did you get a choice between pfizer moderna or johnson and johnson or was it just whatever they had on hand it's whatever they had on hand but i got mine early so uh -huh. i i don't really blame them for that i think that each site has a different like has a different type of shot but i don't think they tell you until you actually get there mm -hmm. so some places will have a certain one but i know that 
a lot of people just want to get it done, so they they just right. book the appointment and go. Like I know, I mean, I know, Pfizer and Moderna, I know, are pretty close in effectiveness. I think they're both at around ninety percent right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in adolescent teens, Pfizer, their data shows they're a hundred percent effective. Um, I don't actually know what those numbers mean, but they sound good. Uh, and I know like the Johnson and Johnson one's only around seventy percent. So like, it's a trade off between like the convenience and only getting the one shot versus like that extra twenty percent of non effectiveness. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather make sure that it's effective and pop in and out multiple times than, you know, take the risk. Uh, it's a, it's that Pokemon term where it's like if it's not a hundred percent, it's fifty percent. Like, uh, I want to make sure that I'm a hundred percent. Like the move is gonna happen and it, not leaving it up to chance at all. Have I ever asked you what your favorite Pokemon is? I feel like that's something I should have asked by now. Probably. Um, it it depends on what context because I played competitive for a while. My my go to one if somebody's like, "What's your favorite Pokemon?" I say Bulbasaur. Uh, he he's a derpy little seed boy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's he, he he vibes with me uh, quite well. But in terms of competitive, like one of my favorite Pokemon to use in competitive is um is War Turtle. <laughs> Really? It's not it's not a it's not a constant pick, but it's got some really weird moves that a lot of people don't know. Uh at least in doubles. Because they're like, oh, it's all war turtle. Like it it's weak, it's not blastoise and it's not squirtle, all right? So um it, you can utilize like certain stats and moves to make sure that he survives a lot longer. Uh he learns yawn, which is something that a lot of people don't know. So you have Yawn, Helping Hand. Um, you have Fake Out, which is another really good move. And then the last one you could kind of use for whatever. So I use Aqua Jet. Um, but there's a bunch of just like little things that you can do with War Turtle. And everybody who shows up and sees it is like, oh, okay, that's just like a weird War Turtle. But if it stays alive for too long, it starts becoming a pest. So mm-hmm. uh, like a that, that's what I like about it. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I can't explain to you really why, but my favorite Pokemon is definitely Entei. And I think part of it's just because it's a volcano dog. I mean, mm-hmm. does that really does that really need explanation? <laughs> uh he he was also that like girl's dad in that movie. That was kinda weird. Okay, so the Entei <laughs> movie never actually had a real Entei, right? No, it had a it, it had just, a like, dude. A projection by the unknowns. Yes. So do we really count that as the Entei movie? I, I we had to we had to create a new Entei movie. Anyway, so let's get into the news of the week. Um, so last week we recorded on January. No, Jan- why am I saying January? Yeah, last week was January, guys. Yeah, we don't we don't know what time <laughs> is anymore. Time is a social construct. Uh, we, we don't have a society anymore. <laughs> so last week we recorded on March thirty first. The next day was April 1st, which was April Fool's Day. So we were a little bit early for the April Fool's Day update. But as I woke up in the morning, and as I usually do, as soon as I wake up, I check my phone and check all, like, texts, emails, and social media. And the first thing I see when I open Facebook is just someone posted all of the experimental updates and says, yes, this is not a joke. This is real. This is live now. So... 
I had to, I, I really enjoyed all of the, uh, the experimental stuff and we'll get into it, but Kevin, did you get a chance to, to touch these? No, I, I saw some of the, uh, I, I saw some of the, the gameplay though. I saw some people being like this, this patch is, is wonky. <laughs> it was uh, so good. And I, I was like, they, okay, this is, this can't be, this can't be real. And then I, and I looked at it and I was like, okay, this is a thing. Like high key, I would be okay if they, if they actually like instituted this as a game mode because some of these are are absolutely broken, but they're so much fun. Um, this is gonna take. I'll try to go as fast through these as possible because I want to record these for posterity and just hear your reactions to all of them. All right. But well, let, let, let's go. Let's go real quick. Okay, Anna. So dev comments, and I'll read the dev comments because they're funny, and then the ability. So Anna, we've received feedback that Anna players don't often see the immediate impact of their ult since it's usually used on Genji and Winston, who immediately jump out of range. With this change, Anna can enjoy the fruits of her labor with powered up darts and damage reduction. So when Anna boosts somebody, she also gets boosted. Oh, okay. So Grandma's just getting her extra juice as well. <laughs> uh, I mean, steroids. It's it's also a good way of just saying like you're useless. I'll do it myself. Uh, like you can you can throw it on anyone at that point. Yeah, I mean it's just I want to get nanodes myself. So here, just take it. Buy one get one free. Uh, so Ash Dev comment point blank coach gun in the face now matches expectations more closely. Coach gun projectile damage increased from six to nine. Can now deal crit damage. Spread is reduced by 50% and can no longer knock back enemies. So that I, I know that one was a difficult one for people because they were they kept on expecting the knockback to happen and then it didn't, and you're just like, oh crap. Yeah, you gotta use it to push yourself back only. But I, I think the funniest thing is like it it just does damage now. It just it hurts them a lot. <laughs> like uh, you you may run out of regular gun pellets, but you got the coach gun at close range, so I guess that makes sense. Baptiste, slightly less mortality feel, just doesn't have the same ring to it. But we can experiment. Maybe the device should be immortal, so we can get get by on a technicality. Uh, his biotic launcher grenade hits heal for thirty three percent more health. His immortality field reduces damage by fifty percent instead of having a minimum health value, and the cooldown is reduced from. 25 to 15. Oh, okay. So it's just damage reduction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that might actually be okay. Like, you could yeah, use like that. Some of these changes, I think, would actually be really fun to have in the real game. Yeah. I, I understand, you know, biotic launcher healing for more might be a problem, but uh, the, the immortality field might be interesting. I feel like the, the higher healing kind of balances out because the immortality field, like, isn't immortality field anymore yeah but i mean i think the cooldown should still be the full thing if you're if if this was to go live to do the real thing the cooldown should still be higher to compensate a little bit um bastion bastion still turns into a tank but it's no longer tank sized we've also tightened up a few screws on his gun arm and the weapon spread just went away less beep boop by volume more pew pew so he, he was reduced in size by 15%, and when he's in recon mode, there is no spread. He's 100% accurate now. Uh, this is the scariest little bastion you've ever seen. Uh, and yeah, you, you might not need tank mode if you're 
able to run a, run away and get these hit. Just a hundred percent accurate bastion is kind of terrifying. So now Brig. Now this one was a this one was a fun one. We've heard players get very excited about all things crowd control. So now with this sweet combo, you can potentially up the stun time, or I guess use it for mobility. Ugh, boring. So when you whip shot somebody, it now res reset the cooldown for shield bash. So <laughs> it's not fun. Not I, fun I mean, getting stunned. You get pushed into a corner and then you get shield, or you get shield bash first, slapped into a corner, and then shield bash again. Like that's that's exactly what this is. Uh, you thought goats was over. Nah, they just brought it back. This is like the only time that I've actually like played Brig extensively because of this, and just like it became too easy. <laughs> this one was a weird one. Diva. The enemy team will often disrespectfully ignore pilot Diva. It will now be more difficult to survive a mech being dropped on top of you. So calling mech now deals 600 damage to enemies on impact, and the ultimate charge cost was reduced by 300. So I, I get killed by a lot of falling mechs, which I mean makes sense. Yeah, I feel like this one would be there, there's somebody's probably done it, but I'm expecting like a grab into call mech to actually be be a combo, and I think that would be hilarious. Just oh my god, uh, the synergy on that. Yeah, the, the synergy. Or it's literally like a it, it's like stun. a bomb drop immediately. Yeah, yeah, shatter or or uh, grab. Like, you're kind of done. Yeah. Now, see, I played Sigma a lot for this patch just because I had so much fun with it. Going up against good Doomfists in this patch was not fun. Um, Doomfist. And they say he could level a Skyscraper. It's really put a lot of creative restrictions on our Skyscraper-themed hero ideas. This change should also address the issue of some Doomfist players occasionally touching the ground. So, Rocket Punch could now travel upward. And, like, we'll get to the Sigma stuff later. But, like, I was playing Sigma going up as high as I possibly could, and I still had Doomfists, like, somehow rocket punching me from, like, dead standstill on the ground. It was not fun. It was, it, but, it, like, it makes sense lore-wise, and it would be a really interesting mobility change to Doomfist that, I mean, it just makes sense, but it's not fun to go up against when you're going up against a good Doom. The the only weakness of the original Doomfist was like he was bound to the ground, but now you could rocket punch like you could you could technically like Shoryuken into the air and hit anyone. So that's a it's a pretty scary Doomfist. Echo Echo players are actually some of the most helpful people around. They're always saying things like, "Here, let me show you how it's done." This change should enable players to be more helpful to each other in game. So they increased her duplicate duration from 15 seconds to 30 seconds, which is honestly a little terrifying considering how fast she builds ult. Yeah, this this is just like you wanted you want to play goats, you want a second Ryan. All right, here we go. So, yeah, it, it's kind of spooky. How many tracer pulse bombs? How many like diva self destructs could you get with double the time? Uh, I mean. If you're a good Echo, you could probably get two Shatters in that 15 seconds. So, assuming that you don't kill anyone, you could probably get four, maybe five Shatters in. Uh, if you if you do it with Echo, I have no idea how that's going to work, but uh, five Shatters is kind of, kind of spooky. 
Genji, unconfirmed rumor. Genji's cybernetics are actually fueled by the blood of his fallen foes. His deflect now reset after eliminating a target. Hmm. This would be this would be interesting. I mean, we have the the reset after the dash kill, but mm-hmm. adding it to deflect would also be a, a little a scary. Little strong. That seems just a little bit strong. Hanzo for the other Shimada brother. Uh, just scatter them around wherever you like, and then claim that you totally lined up that one if it eliminates someone. So his storm arrows could now ricochet off the environment. So brought back scatter arrow. We have more strategic scatter arrow. That that is, I'm I'm fine with that. That's okay for the lore. We we go we we do that. Junkrat. Players weren't spending enough time admiring the beautiful floor textures, so we're enabling Junkrat to place a few more hazards about. Discovery is a very powerful and very exciting motivator, so there will be potential for even more surprises lurking beneath the ground. Uh, They gave him three steel traps at a time, and the cooldown was reduced from 10 to 7 seconds. No, no, wait, why why do you need... You don't need three... I mean, that's that's really scary now. (laughs) Just... Put a, put them in all choke points and you're good. You just yeah. cover you just cover it up and then run to it, run to it when you need to detonate. That's that's just the way to go, I guess. You could also combo that with the diva drop as well. Oh yeah, that'd be, that'd be so funny. You get you get steel trapped and then just a baby diva's running at you and you're like, why? <laughs> oh no, oh no. That's like one of the that would become one of the most terrifying things to see. Like just this little baby diva. Just put them all in the choke point and just hide the diva, and then boom. That's at least three kills right there. Lucio. Tinnitus is not a joke. Don't let it happen to you. Amp It Up is now in- also increasing the strength of Soundwave's knockback. So, big boop. Yeah, bigger boop. I-, I don't know how big that boop was, but if it, it was, was pretty big. big. I've actually started playing more Lucio now, so um, now for the team, I... I guess I'm healer or tank, depending on what they need. But like I'm like exclusively playing Lucio on healer. So it was a big boop. Very big boop. McCree. Bullets work strangely in the future, as do tumbleweeds. His peacekeeper primary fire now refunds one ammo per headshot, and the Deadeye is no longer limited to one tumbleweed. I was telling Kevin, like, we actually have tumbleweeds out where I moved to now, so um they're kind of annoying, especially because like once they disintegrate, they just kind of spread themselves everywhere. So you've got these little fragments of just pokey, spiky branch everywhere. Like it's all over the park that I take my dog to, and it's like they're really annoying. <laughs> yeah, tumbleweeds are are super annoying, but this is a big buff for tumbleweeds. So, uh, congrats on on the buff on the McCree patch. And also that the the headshot refund is just gonna McCree doesn't need a reload at all if if you're a good if you're a good Cree you just keep keep firing. So th- now this change we actually talked about last week I believe if I remember correctly so this one was like I saw this like wait this to- makes total sense we should totally do this in the actual game. Um, so May an ice wall is literally a physical barrier but May can also do a lot of damage. Can't you see this endless conflict is tearing us apart? You're tearing me apart, Lisa. <clears throat> if you know where that is, we're friends. If you know that reference. Um, 
So May was reassigned to the tank role. She got extra thick. Her character scale was increased by 15% and her health was increased from 250 to 400. Yeah, this was something that we were all joking about, but honestly, I think this is a better fit. Uh, I, I honestly think this is where May belongs. Like, just make this happen. Like this, I honestly think that she needs to be reassigned. It just it doesn't make sense. Because, like, think about it. You can have a Reinhardt, an Arissa, and a May. In this, like, even though it's, it's supposed to be an April Fool's Day joke, like, this is the, the one thing that I think is, it, it should be, it should happen. Mercy. Now would be a poor time to underestimate the surprising amount of damage Mercy's Caduceus Blaster can do. There is no escape. I am sorry. So now when she's doing Guardian Angel, she can pull out her blaster and blast people. Uh, this was actually surprisingly, like, it, it was surprisingly strong. I died several times to Mercy's. I <laughs> like this a lot. I think that this is hilarious because for the most part, you expect Mercy to just be like, Oh, I'm flying out of danger, but this time she's like, no, I'm taking it into my own hands. This uh, this definitely increases the potential for battle mercy. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. Now, Moira, there is a certain desire to get in close and deal some damage when playing Moira, so we'll lean into that, but also put pull in the opposite direction by incentivizing actually healing allies. Steeple-fingered maniacal scheming intensified. So. Biotic Grasp, secondary fire, the range was decreased from 20 to 15 meters, and the damage orb was increased, or the damage was increased from 50 to 75 per second. Her Biotic Orb cooldown was reduced by one second for every one health restored to an ally with her Biotic Grasp primary fire, so the more, if you healed someone by like 100 or your allies by 100, it just took off some cooldown. Uh, this is pretty interesting. I mean, this would balance out DPS Moira a lot, but you need the DPS in order to do the healing. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a little, it's a little fifty-fifty here. Okay, now Arisa, this one makes this one makes a ton of sense because Centaur, um, Arisa is learning to take full advantage of her quadruped locomotion. We expect this gameplay change will help deepen players' connection to the hero while role-playing as a nascent, centaur-like Omnic entrusted with being the protector of Numbani. So her forward run speed was increased by 40%. And dude, that was it was fast. It was real fast. BD Arissa. I feel like there should also be... I don't know if this would be broken or hilarious, but uh, the next patch should allow players to ride on Arissa as well. <laughs> <laughs> that way that oh, way you have man. the forward charge but like the the trade-off would be that Arissa cannot shoot but gets like 25 percent damage reduction so it she's able she to just like run around yeah exactly and then the the other player who's on her back can shoot oh that would be terrible <laughs> that'd be funny that would be so terrible my god or just put a Reinhardt on her back. <laughs> yeah, just allow him to charge off of her back. Farah. And I, I, for some reason, I didn't play Farah this patch. I really wish I had because I still my favorite character. 
We're nerfing Barrage so that it will now, on average, result in one less player death. Concussive Blast was reduced from 9 to 6 seconds, and now you can move while casting Barrage, so I guess it's harder to kill y'all when you're using it. Um, I like that change, just because the worst thing as a far is getting like a nice like six-person kill lined up, and then as you're launching the rockets, you just get knocked out of the sky. It was not a fun time. Yeah, I think that this is actually really funny. Uh, you, you use Barrage, and then it essentially becomes like a Dragon Ball Z fight in the air. Uh, you just get to dance around a bit, which is really cool. So uh, good on Farah by learning how to how to move and shoot at the same time. Reaper. Recent studies have concluded that incorporeal specters, such as wraiths, are more intimidating whilst airborne. Very true. Shadow Step was reduced from 1.5 to 1 seconds for cast time, and now Wraith form you could fly. There's a lot of flying in this patch. This, this is just spooky. Just imagine, you know, first of all, Shadow Step getting to the back line, and then like Wraith form into the sky, and then an ult. Like you don't know where this dude came from. He, he he's dropping dropping out of the sky here, and dropping you know a death blossom on your team. So yeah, I I feel like this is the yeah this is this is definitely not happening. But this is a funny little add on for Reaper. I mean, like he he turns into smoke. So I mean, I, it makes sense that he could like lift up. Would there be a part where like if he stays for too long, he just evaporates into the sky? <laughs> you hit the skybox and you die. <laughs> I feel that would be like that would be funny though. I could see that like you you can fly but you can't fly for too long otherwise you just kind of like dissipate. Okay, Reinhardt. This one this one was hard for me. The user manual for Crusader, for Crusader armor states that precision German engineering does not require changing steering fluid as a part of regularly scheduled maintenance. Please do so at your own discretion. So his charge now has 200% more power steering. Um, that's a lot of change. And the first couple times I used it, I kept charging into walls or charging off the map because I, I was not used to having that much ability to steer. Yeah, the, this was something that... It's, it's an interesting change. Uh, most of the time, us Reinhardt players just think of, you know, charge in a straight line, barely any, like, you know, barely any variants. Um, but now that you have variants, we're, we're trying to, like, drift around corners and <laughs> trying to throw people off. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens here. I mean, like, but the possibilities for, like, a Reinhardt racing mode with this, we know oh, yeah. it's possible. So... Overwatch cart would be a thing. Roadhog. Alternatively, the new cooldown for Chain Hook is four seconds, but missing with Hook demoralizes Roadhog enough that he can't muster the enthusiasm to try again so soon, doubling the cooldown time. So his reduced his Chain Hook was reduced by fifty percent after hitting an enemy. So. Uh this is this is uh. Adding adding more hook to the hog, uh, he you just throw it as much as possible and hope that you hit something because you know if your cooldown is reduced by fifty percent, it's just like 
you you might as well utilize it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I really like this one. This one I was completely fine with. I'd be down if we had this as a real thing. The experimental barrier was heavier than expected. Putting it aside has enabled Sigma to no longer be anchored so near to the ground. So he's no longer bound by gravity. His experimental barrier was disabled so you couldn't use it. And the cooldown was reduced from 12 to 8 seconds. But you could literally fly around the entire map. Like, it's like far without having to worry about managing your fuel. It was so nice. It was so good. And, like, you could flank everywhere. And, like, you could you could just fly. I really like this one. Except when I'm going up against a Doomfist. Yeah, with Doomfist changes, it makes Sigma's life a little harder. But I do like this change, honestly. Like, uh, we were... If they were complaining that there are way too many like shield characters in the game already, like allowing Sigma to just float around and you know he has to get within range to use his his primary you know ball attack anyways, so he has to come down eventually. You can't just like sit up there, and what is he gonna grasp in midair like this? Like absolutely nothing. So, um, it's cool that they gave him a little bit. They gave him a what is that thirty three percent cooldown reduction on it total um but yeah i feel like it's just a really interesting change allowing him to be wherever he wants he can chase around faros all day if he wants uh it's just an interesting an interesting patch and i wouldn't mind you know i wouldn't mind this sticking around for a little bit i think it's interesting because it gives us like another more really aerial hero like we have Mercy, which is a healer. We have Farah and Echo, who are um, DPS. And like doing this to, to Sigma would... He'd definitely be more off-tank than main tank, even more than he is right now. But it would just open up a whole nother level of play that we don't have. Like We have D.Va, but she can't stay in the air for very long. It's more like just a mini Ryan charge. Soldier 76. So it turns out that aiming for the head is the superior tactical choice. Uh, his sprint now generates six ammo per second while active, and his tactical visor now aims for headshots, which really sucks. I mean, you finally realize that body shots are weak, so uh, <laughs> and that that's cool. Uh, and the sprint thing, uh, I I mean, I guess it makes sense if you're trying to like run away, um, but at the same time, it's like. You could just run around in circles all day and just make sure that you have ammo when you're out of reload or when you're ready. Sombra, dev comment, redacted, general, stealth changes. So I didn't know what anything was. I looked it up and apparently on Reddit, this is what people are saying. Moves faster when cloaked, comes out of stealth immediately when shooting, hacking, or ulting. No longer decloaked when damaged, but still appears momentarily. Wider area of detection, thicker thighs. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like, in general, I guess a lot of this uh, update is just making people thicker. Just thick. Thick. I mean, they, they made May thick and they nerfed Bastion, so they had to buff somebody else. Thick and thin. Symmetra. So, Symmetra's pro yeah, photon. I said proton. Symmetra's photon projector now projects photons further. It sounds like a tongue twister. Um, so her beam range is now increased from 12 to 16 meters, which I I would have been down for them to do something more fun. Like, she's already super strong as it is. I would have wanted something weirder. Like, more teleporters. That would have been more fun. 
tell just teleport everywhere across the map and like it randomly teleports you like you can't you can't keep track of where you're going you you create one teleporter but it doesn't tell you where the other one goes like <laughs> and it changes every time it's used yeah i mean that'd be funny as hell just to see it would be so funny Torbjorn. While Torbjorn does have a rivet gun, his true mastery is revealed with hammer in hand. He's much better at fixing turrets with it than people, though. Uh, so the dam the forge hammer damage was increased 200% while overload is active, and killing blows increased the overload duration by two seconds. This one was difficult to deal with because people were just hammering and killing and just getting longer kills on this. It was... <laughs> Curse this Ikea gnome. Yeah, this this change reminds me of um, the, this is a TF2 thing, but there was a weapon called the Uber Saw where um, essentially you would use it, you would have two medics um, and whenever you hit somebody with the, the saw, um, it charges your ultimate by 25%. So if you land four hits, you get your ultimate and then you would switch spots with the other medic and the medic would make you invincible. The other medic would make you invincible. So you just run at people, you're invincible, you get your ult, and then you switch. Like you just frogging. Yeah, essentially. But this is something that like Boryorn could chain kills to. So he just slaps somebody, gets more overload, runs away, slaps somebody again, keeps the duration going. It's just Yeah. Uh just just watch your kneecaps. This man's coming for them. Alright, almost through with these. Tracer. It doesn't matter if you didn't have any blink charges three seconds ago. They all come back. The logic of time travel is not to be questioned. So recall now restores all your blink. Uh, <laughs> it's just more mobile now. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't too big of a thing, so. I don't think it's too big. I honestly think, like, if you did that and allowed her to get away, that's, that's fine. Yeah. And, like, her health pool is so small anyway. If they made it to like a hundred, that would be even funnier though. <laughs> it's like you give her super mobility, but she dies to like anything. <laughs> you just really have to be very good on your blinking. Yeah. Widowmaker. Lower health means we can give her more damage, right? Uh, damage increased from 13 to 15. Her spread was reduced for 30% on her primary fire. Um, but on her secondary fire, her charge shots now pierce more, now pierce enemies. So, um, Good luck being a tank. This is this is actually really interesting. This uh, I'm going back. I'm putting on the the boomer hat. Going back to TF2, uh, there was a weapon called uh, the X Machina, I think, or the Machina X. Um, essentially, it was the only gun in TF2 that was a it was a sniper. Uh, it's a sniper gun. It when you shoot it, it leaves a tracer, so it tells everybody where you were. Uh, but if you hit more than one person with it, it could pierce through a total of five enemies, I think, if Oof. they all lined up. So it was really funny to see this, and I'm I'm glad that they kind of they acknowledge it here. Like you can now get collateral damage with it. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see if that if that plays into this. If anybody got more than one kill with the headshot, Winston. Winston's primal rage offensive power wasn't quite living up to our lofty expectations of a genetically modified space ape, so we're giving it a small nudge. Winston also has a soft spot for his inventions, so if you thought breaking his glasses made him upset, 
dot dot dot. Uh, so his enemy, uh, his the projector, the barrier projector enemy damage now. Oh my god, why can't I speak? It, it'd be like that sometimes. So if you damage his barrier projector, he started building more ultimate faster. Um, and his primal rage, the melee damage was increased from 40 to 90. And the melee knockback was increased by 40%. I really like this, honestly, because otherwise I think Winston's like kind of like just from my play. And when I've seen he's kind of useless. Um, so I think his shield is one of the worst in the it's not one of it's the worst in the game. So I honestly think that kind of buff to both his ultimate and his ability for shield does make him actually viable i would be okay with this yeah i still want to see the experimental barrier uh one that we we were pitching on the last one where it's like if you're in it you're trapped in there um but if this was applied as well where it's like you're the enemy team can start breaking it um but it gives winston ult charge then it's like even more incentive to try to do something like that mm -hmm. um I, I think it's i think it's just hilarious and also, like it, it gets you to play more aggressively as well because you, you want that ult charge, and you also want that one v one. So you can get the one v one and not allow them to run if they're if they're in there. Wrecking ball. Both wrecking ball's mobility and survivability were often being called into question. Were these tuning values right for the game? I suppose we could buff them if we have to. Um, all ability cooldowns are reduced by three seconds but his role is now always active and the damage increased from 50 to 60. Um, you have no gun. You're just a ball. You're literally just a wrecking ball. I mean, with the with the cooldown reductions, that's still a lot of damage. And that's something that, you know, even if you don't have the guns, you have like pile driver into swing. Uh, Spin to win is still a viable yeah. technique here. It's still a viable strategy. I think Wrecking Ball, like, even in this mode, you don't have, like, finishing potential, but you have a lot of disrupt potential. So, mm -hmm. uh, that that's something really interesting with Wrecking Ball here. Zarya. Zarya is no longer burdened by evenly distributing her barriers between herself and her teammates. She is now empowered to selfishly hoard both of them for the greater good or selflessly give them all away. I feel like this is a joke about socialism. Um... But the particle barrier and projectile barrier are now on a shared cooldown with two charges, so. Okay. I could see strategically this could be a thing. Yeah. I mean, the the only difference between this and, like, normal Zarya is, like, being, is, is, uh, I don't know how long the cooldown is. Because regular particle barrier that you would use on yourself is 10 seconds, or eight and then the other one is either eight or six um but yeah it, we don't know how long it takes to regen both barriers and then finally zenyatta there may be actually there may actually be no limit to zenyatta's power but he demonstrates great discipline in his moderation he enters and leaves the meta at will um so he can now levitate for three seconds by holding the jump button um, I guess this could help for like vantage or stuff, but I think, I think it's, this one's kind of just feels like a joke. 
yeah this one's just a like a it's a weird joke um <laughs> it would be funnier if like zen got rocket boost like almost i wouldn't say like farah's jetpack essentially uh if you put that on zen to allow him to get to high ground then yeah i'd be down for that but this is just like he, he's slightly higher off the ground now you know what they could have done though is they could have made him walk for the <laughs> thing he's just like i'm zenyatta's zenyatta's levitation factor is now broken we had <laughs> to make him walk zen wanted to do leg day so here you go all right so that was the the april fool's patch that was a lot of talking but i wanted to commemorate that because i had so much fun during that like I was actually really excited to play it, and I was more excited that it wasn't just one day. We had it for a couple days. Um, so I feel like if if they did more stuff like that, it's like you, if you're not going to give us full new events, doing something like this would actually make people want to play. Because I was really excited to play this. It was a lot of fun. It was really cool to see just the absolute wonkiness that we could have had. Yeah, sometimes you just got to give people the weirdest things possible. And if you do that, you know, it, it's fresh, it's new, and it's fun. So, yeah, go ahead and try that out. Now, speaking of the uh, events, we have the Archives event come back. It came up, it came live yesterday, April 6th. So, um, april 6th through april 27th we have 20 more days to do this event um they brought back the uprising the retribution and the storm rising events as well as the challenge modes they kept two of the ones for each mode alive and they put in a third new one um so for uprising they kept molten cores enemies drop lava glass cannon you have reduced health but higher damage and then they added bulletproof barriers, which the enemy barriers are invulnerable. So you like literally, it's what it says, bulletproof. Um, retribution, they kept circle, surgical strikes, so only critical dam only critical health. I can't speak today. Surgical strike, so only critical hits do damage. Close quarters, enemies can only be killed if a player is nearby. And they added in sympathy gains, which damaging enemies heals other enemies. And for Storm Rising, Blood Moon Rising, no support heroes, you heal others, or you heal yourself by doing damage. Storm Raging, so enemies are enraged and killing them spreads the rage. Thunderstorm, enemies damage all nearby players. Hmm. So, yeah, there's some that are repeated, and I just think that most of it is it's just incentive to to try to play whichever one uh your group is best at right and so we also have eight new skins five of them are um either loot box or purchasable three of them are from playing your weekly games it's not nine games anymore they changed it to the amount of stars that you earn when you play the um archives missions and each week you get extra stars for playing a certain mode so like um for this week if you play uprising you earn double stars next week it's retribution third week is going to be storm rising um so if you it's it's a 30 stars total thing you earn 10 stars you get your um player icon 20 stars to spray and 30 stars to earn your skin those skins are the 
Corredor Lucio, which he looks like a biker dude. Um, Subaquatic Zenyatta, which is if you took the um, underwater Bastion skin and threw it on a Zenyatta. And then the Camouflage Mercy skin. And Kevin, what was your comment about about the way this one looks? Uh, Camouflage Mercy looks like uh, looks like she wants to talk to your manager. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. She's out here looking for trouble. Uh <laughs> See, high key, I like it when a girl can rock short hair, but just with Mercy, I it doesn't look right to me. And like the fact that they gave her black hair makes me wonder, like, did she dye her hair for that? Does she normally dye her hair? What is her natural hair color? Who's to say she's not actually a redhead the entire time? What do we know? What what is truth anymore for Mercy? So many questions that we now have about Mercy's hair. Uh what's <laughs> That we need the true lore. We need the true story. Can I speak to your manager? <laughs> oh God, Karen Mercy. Um, so Kevin, what do you think about the other skins for this archives event? I, I think they're they're okay. I really like the Zen one. I think that that one looks pretty pretty cool. Um, if we're actually talking about like the the ones that are available in the boxes, uh, Bushi, hundred percent. I like that one. Um, the the genji one and then you know you have uh you you have the zarya one which is also really unique and pops out and then you have the cast of hamilton so <laughs> i mean go ahead and take your pick uh they're, they're all pretty cool but um yeah you, you know which ones i'm i'm kind of leaning towards yeah see one of the criticisms that i've heard and that i actually really do agree with is that this doesn't feel like a bunch of archive skins it feels like more of a an anniversary event type round of skins here because if you look at like the rest of all the skins that are released for archives they have to do with the character's history right mm -hmm. and with this it's not i mean yeah it feels like it's culturally representing who they are like bushi is a samurai cavalry for tracer soldier 1776 um Widow is a musketeer, and Zarya is. Um, I guess I read online that like they recreated some of the uh, the armor that people in Russia like used to wear in history. So it's culturally appropriate, I guess, but it's not what we expected from the archives event. And also, is this like is this saying that Lucia was in a biker gang? A roller roller derby gang. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody is intimidated by a bunch of dudes on roller skates. I mean, he's got spikes on his helmet, Kevin. Uh, it doesn't matter, dude. You're still on roller skates. There are spikes on this man's helmet. <laughs> you can just push him off his wall and you call it a day, man. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel a little bit disappointed by the archives event like i love this event it's one of my favorites to do um it's not lucia ball thank god uh i just think i was more excited for april fool's day than i was for this yeah i do agree april fool's day they they pulled out all the stops they had a lot of really they had a lot of fun with it um meanwhile this one is just kind of meh it's like there's a couple of things happening here and there but um not a not a ton going on while we're still on Overwatch stuff strictly, like we have some stuff to talk about that's not Overwatch related, but it's still like gaming and internet related. Um, while we're on that, Kevin, so you have league news for us. Uh, 
which one there's a lot <laughs> um i i guess we we could talk about the the current replacement um that's happening here so um avril is going to be replacing proxy wolf in this upcoming season um of the overwatch league and when we were discussing this um a lot of people were like oh no wolf wolf and achilles uh, we were gonna miss that you know that one two punch that tag team um wolf said that he was totally fine with working the first half of the overwatch league um but he had other commitments for lck which is um the korean uh league of legends circuit um that would have messed with the last half of the overwatch league season so instead of the overwatch league paying him for the first half they just said okay we're gonna we'll find somebody who can completely give him that option uh so that they can keep it consistent throughout the entire year. Um, so they went with Avril, which I I could not have picked somebody better, honestly. Um, so the first thing that happened, a lot of people were like, oh no, Wolf is leaving, but you'll definitely see him in other games if you are following around. So um, yeah, he, he's gone from the league, but he's going to be in other things. And he's said he's more than welcome to uh, rejoin the cast if there's if they need a replacement or if they need somebody to fill in. So um, Wolf might not be gone forever. He might just, you know, hang it might just be hanging around. Um, but for Avril, um, this is definitely a big step for him. He's been working on um, Korean or the APAC region and Australian contenders since 2018. So he's, he's got a ton of experience going into this. He knows the scene really well. Um, and at the very end of everything, everybody's like, oh, well, will Avril be as good as Wolf? And will they have the same chemistry with Achilles? And is this going to change the whole flow of the game? But uh, Wolf actually praised him and said, like, you know, he's a great caster. He knows what he's talking about, um, which is him the best. And that that is just a, you know, a classy move done by Wolf. So, um, yeah, Avril's going to help us cover the uh, the APAC region for the English broadcast. In addition to other people not coming back, like one of the big problems that we have now is is visas, right, Kevin? Yeah, a lot lots of visa issues. And I mean, ideally, these teams want everybody to be in with them. Like last season with people playing on high ping was not ideal. It was like I, we didn't get to see how big of issues it really caused, and there were certain players who we're really able to make it work and still we're able to perform phenomenally, but I'm guessing that like organizations don't really want to have to deal with that and the problems that may come in. So um, th there's a couple players that haven't been re-signed just because of visa issues. The most recent of which being soon, which really upsets because I really liked watching soon play. I love, like I, I've I said before, I love the Paris Eternals roster. I love their run. I thought they did amazing last year. I, they were one of my favorite teams. And now we don't have Soon, which he was off Paris Eternal anyway. But I loved watching him play. He was going to be on Boston. And since he can't make his visa stuff work, he's it looks like he's not going to be playing this year. And he, he'd already signed for two years. So maybe when things get better, they'll bring him in or... Or what? I don't know. Yeah, for soon this is a really interesting like scenario. Like we understand that he's having visa issues and might not be able to get into the states 
or um, you know APAC in time for the season. But this all this does is that this just delays his debut in this next year. Um, I feel like a lot of places obviously are really cautious about you know the current climate and rightfully so there's still like a lot of you know coronavirus like scare going around so we have to worry about you know everything and making sure that everybody is safe but the cool thing about this is with soon being a free agent essentially where does he land okay um we we definitely want to see him continue to play right he's Absolutely. still a great player um who's gonna who's gonna buy up that that contract where would you want to see him kevin i, I know mean we, I'm... We, of course we want him on the shock like he'd be a... <laughs> but the, uh, do we want the shock to be that stacked i mean yeah that's a <laughs> that's a joke it's like uh you know if you leave him open for too long the shocker just gonna pick him up so um i mean if the shock pick him up it's super stacked like it's not even a question. Mm-hmm. Um, but if soon goes to like even the gladiators, I would I would say it's a really solid pick. Um, just kind of wherever he wants to. Um, I feel like the second that his visa gets cleared, though, a lot of people are going to be like on that train of trying to mm-hmm. like pick up soon as quickly as as, as soon as possible. <laughs> oh, uh, God, but but for real though, like he's he's a good player and. I know that a lot of teams are going to be keeping him on the radar. And the second that his visa comes, you know, comes through, like he's going to be getting a ton of contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, the other move is that Hotba will be rejoining the Philadelphia fusion. Um, this is mainly due to visa issues as well. Um, but with Philadelphia moving to, you know, the Asia Pacific region, um, it came down to, trying to fill up some slots while waiting for their other players' visas to get through. Um, this does not mean that the Philadelphia Fusion are releasing it, releasing the uh, releasing the players whose visas aren't going through. They're keeping them signed. So that's a really... It's a good move by Philly. They're just saying, like, hey, we need players who can play right now um, so that by the time that our players can come over here, we're ready to go. Or they could even say, like, okay, well, if these players are performing well together, uh, maybe we could reconsider um, certain contracts and see if we could trade players or, you know, get money out of it, out of their contracts. So hanging on to the players who are having visa issues right now um, is a smart move by Philly. So um, they mentioned in a in a release, it was, uh, they're trying to get visas for Poco, EQO, Funny Astro, Shockwave, and Christopher um, to get to APEC. But if they don't have them, they, they said that for the most part, they're trying their best to get their visas. They're trying to get them over, and they're still under contract. They are not released yet. Um, but for the meantime, this is the reason why they signed like Rascal and Hotba. Now it's that they want a team that's here. Um, that's in the APAC region that's ready to go just in case if the season comes by and their visas aren't cleared yet. So I'm reading, I'm reading students twit longer real quick. Um, and it turns out apparently in the NA region, um, 
he, in his tweet long, he says, the reason I couldn't play from my home with Ping is that a player for an NA-based team without his visa is forbidden to participate in an official Overwatch League match. Um, so that's a bylaw that I didn't know about. Um, I, I'm guessing this is something that new that was implemented because uh, you saw Philly last year do the same thing with, with some of their players. Um, and also, so soon apparently is... He's previously said he wouldn't, if he couldn't find a team, he wouldn't go to contenders or he'd swap to Valorant. Um, he says he's not sure about that. He still wants to stay in the Overwatch uh, scene. Um, he said he could go into um, streaming, but he, if he does that, it's going to pre really pre kind of prevent him from playing in, in a competitive sense, which is what he wants to do. So... It, I think it feels to him like if he's not able to participate this season, he's going to lose out on his seniority and his um, his prominence and, and just the attention on him. So if he doesn't figure out something soon, <laughs> soon, um, then this might be the end of his Overwatch career, which is going to be real sad. So moving into just let's I'm going to try to hopefully quickly get through as many of these as possible just because they're kind of relevant in the world of gaming and streaming right now. Um, there's been, and I've seen a lot of, of like multiple reasons why people are, are posting this, but there's a movement to boycott Genshin Impact. And I'm not entirely sure what people's boycott efforts are, are in this because they're saying boycott Genshin, but they're saying it's still okay to play the game, but just don't buy anything or something because I, I i haven't played genshin impact i don't think there's enough room on my ps4 right now to download it um but some of the reasons that i've seen um and correct me if, if i'm wrong on any of this kevin or if you know of any other reasons but one is that like there's i think two characters that are have darker skin tones and they are described as like evil or monsters or exotic or something like that um another one is someone looked at According to a screenshot that I saw that I I don't know if it's verified or not um, that the uh, the body models for these characters and their their character models are labeled as lolly and then apparently there's like one guy in who's an NPC in the game who's like in love with one of the merchants but she's a child so there's like pedophilia going on there so there's this whole mess with Genshin and stuff. Do you know anything about that, Kevin? That's that's what I've been able to piece together just looking at Twitter right now, like in the, over the past couple of days. Yeah, there, there's just so many things that are going on right now uh, in this game. I don't even play this game. Um, but there was that and Do Better MiHoYo as well was trending. Um, but a lot of people were just there, there's a lot of issues that were going on in the game. Um, and for me, I'm just like, if you like don't like what they're doing with the game, like it's cool to make your voice heard, but stop playing it then. Like, <laughs> put it away. I understand this is this is so hard to say as a guy who is addicted to gacha games too. I understand the pain, but it is just like, hey. The game is pretty. It's working. It looks fun, right? Like, it's anime Breath of the Wild, okay? But at the same time, like, 
if you disagree with the game, stop playing it. Like that that's the entire intentions of a boycott is to stop buying or using the product. Um stop putting money in their hands. Uh but if you if you like the game, go go for it. I mean, I'm not gonna stop you. That's not my that's not my opinion. Um but yeah, I there's so many different things where like there's the issue of of the race there there's a lot of people getting mad at like them nerfing player models like bus size and butt size i mean we we had that issue before but they're they're fully like doing that people are getting mad about you know roll chance and i'm like this is this is just how the game works it's like they the company wants to do certain things um and if you're making your voice here that's fine let let mihoyo understand that but just stop playing that's the one thing that hurts games like this the most is if you lose your player base you're just done so mm-hmm. yeah it if, if you stop feeding the feeding the machine then yeah it, it, it will stop this is uh, this sounds just like one of the most ineffective boycotts ever it's like yeah, we don't want to support them, but we still want to play the game. So boycott them, but still play the game. Like, what, what is your end goal then? Like, how how is besides like a social media hashtag? How does this achieve anything? At, at least they're voicing their opinions and saying like, oh well, this this doesn't work, or you know, this doesn't like we we don't agree with this. Uh, but at the same time, it is the creative choice of the company to do what they want with it um and yeah it's just interesting to see people like i feel like there there's a lack of education in some some parts like they're they're talking about like the new character mm-hmm. um and they're saying like is it like southeast asian or like you know african in descent so people are just like well she's too light to be that but she's too she's not this she's not dark enough or she's not like a certain thing so everybody's just like on the fence about one character that they just released so for the most part i think i think that this is just something to get the the genshin impact community riled up um they i feel like mihoyo knows that this is happening um are they gonna change anything about it probably not if anything this is just gonna force more players to like I don't. I don't even think that this is enough to force players to leave the game. I honestly just think that this is just a angered discussion about like the the one character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I I don't I don't think it's gonna hurt them in any way. I think it's just gonna happen. Yeah. See that discussion of like of like the the race and the color reminded me. Um, I don't know if for our listeners or for you, Kevin, if you've ever watched or read the books of the Magic School Bus. I have never read the book. I, uh, but you remember you know, the show, right? We remember the show, yeah. Okay, so they uh, they did a, a recent reboot. I think the new Miss Frizzle is like the original one's niece or something like that, either younger sister or niece. But like the the controversy comes in is because for the redone designs for the kids, um, I feel like for I. Th- I feel like they made Wanda less Asian. That might be one of the things that she's less, she looks less Asian than she should, but they also like significantly lightened the skin tone of the two black characters. And 
people are mad. So, I mean, that's that's a big issue right now, just throughout media is is the, the that feeling of of studios and developers and designers that need to lighten people's skin color or make them look less ethnic. Yeah, you don't need to change that. That doesn't affect the character at all. So just go ahead and like especially in these times like my dudes like you yeah. know it's gonna be bad for you just just make people look like they would normally look in real life like people are dark-skinned in real life people yeah just don't do it <laughs> yeah just keep it as is if it if it ain't broke don't fix it and now we move on to some streaming stuff so um <laughs> okay so this first one um, I feel like this shouldn't be an issue. I don't get why people have issues on like literally everything. So apparently there is a movement and a controversy within the streaming world where some content creators and streamers are being attacked and harassed and criticized for playing their games on easy mode. Why? Uh, yeah, this makes no sense. This <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll start with like, yeah, the easy mode stuff. This is just that, like, here's the thing. If you're watching somebody to enjoy their content, right? You're there to watch the streamer. I, I repeat, do I, do I need to repeat this again? I will repeat it again. You're there to watch the personality of the streamer. You're not there for the gameplay. Like if we're the only time that you're there for the gameplay is if they're like a pro right right so if a person is playing a game for fun they can do whatever they want like if it's on easy mode yeah that's fine like yeah they're trying to get through the game they're trying to figure out the story okay but if you're telling them like hey you can't do that it's not it's not working or uh like essentially you're you're bashing them for even attempting to play the game uh it that that's that's sad right you want to make sure that you're having essentially you have content if, even by playing it on easy they're still making content and they're still streaming to you guys so um just 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 be glad you're you're there for the you're there for the personality not the not the player or not not the not the gameplay itself it's funny to watch people fail on hard mode it's it's cool to watch them do really well but I mean, like, if someone's just trying to have a low, chill thing, and they're doing their own content, like, I don't understand the need to harass people over it. If you don't like their content, just find someone else who fits your style. Exactly. There, there's a lot of, there's literally a ton of other streamers streaming the same game. Uh, unless if it's, like, one of those games that's, like, a very small niche. But honestly, like, there's so many if you're out there to watch somebody struggle and play like Dark Souls with a banana, okay, uh, you can go and do that, and you can watch somebody struggle for ten years, okay. But you're mainly there to watch the person themselves. Um, there's a reason why certain streamers are are popular and are, you know, successful. It's not because they're not because they're good at games. It's more that you like them as a personality. Um, and yeah, that's it's really important to to know that as well. So I'm glad that we have we have that kind of. Um, 
but if you don't don't bash people for playing games on easy mode like they're they're just trying out here to even play the game speaking of options in, in streaming and and internet things youtube now finally lets people swear a little bit in their monetized videos hooray oh so, wait how, how much how much what can we get away with now <laughs> oh wait i hold on this this was dated from april fool's day oh wait, no i'm not sure if this is is real now did we get debated uh, we might have i don't know well um, hold on because this might be an actual thing i mean i it says on youtube help that it's real so um so this was posted on march 31st which is not april fool's day does that keep us safe kevin relatively okay so assuming this is real because it was not posted by google themselves on april fool's day but the day before um so now apparently like before this you were allowed to say like hell and damn and very light things um but now youtube will let you say like moderate what they are terming moderate profanity like shit and bitch in the first 30 seconds of the video um and then later on you're you're allowed to have infrequent strong profanity and censored profanity so like dropping the f-bomb in the video um and i guess they're letting them monetize videos about recreational drugs and drug-related content documentary or news content that may include violent interactions with law enforcement um so it looks like they're just they're opening they're they're relaxing a lot of their standards which i'm i guess is a good thing you're you're giving people a lot more freedom but i feel like this could backlash because like they did with the kids thing like when when they tightened up all these rules because kids were accessing videos that they shouldn't be or they were being targeted by ads that they shouldn't have been so i mean i like this for content creation wise and just for freedom of posting material but i feel like this could this might boil to a head at some point yeah this is one of those rules it's really interesting because you want to be able to not limit certain freedoms of speech um but at the same time you want to like report you know injustice especially like the the police violence stuff um you want that to be accessible to share um i feel like the only the hardest part about this is regulating the content for you know the younger audience or to you know have have that limit or lock um i understand if you have <laughs> like parental controls on it or something like that you should figure out how to like they should have a rule for that where it's just like this is you cannot watch this if you if you have like a certain above parental control or x y or z um but at the same time being a little bit more lax on youtube like cleanliness i guess it it's gonna the the thing that i'm afraid of is like if it spirals out of control and we just start having like doctor disrespect levels or xqc or um i i know that they're already on there but just like ridiculous levels of profanity like just sliding through the the system but i honestly don't doubt that 
um, that YouTube already is aware of this. They're just like, okay, well, we want to make sure that it's accessible enough for everyone. Yeah, I feel like they wouldn't put this in place if they didn't have contingencies. Like, how, how much do you actually think this is going to change the way people create content? Um, I don't think that this is going to change the way people create content. I think um, for a couple of viewers, I think that the for... Okay, how can I describe this? For people who do commentary or, like, you know, the animations, um, if they want to get a little bit more raunchy with some of the discussions, they can. Um, and talk about certain deeper issues and use profanity and x y and z but i think for the most part um when it comes to like people scripting their content it it just gives them a little bit more freedom and if they want to make it um catered towards an older audience they they now can they don't have to you know keep it 100 percent pg the entire time mm -hmm. um but i honestly don't think that a lot of streamers and a lot of content creators are really, really conscious about that and they don't want to use it, but they're afraid. Like, let's say if like they're playing a really good clip, like they have a really good clip and somebody's like, F yeah. Right. Um, and it's like really in your face. Right. You, you have to either bleep that out or mm -hmm. you, you can't use that clip. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, that's a part of your content. That's what you're going to do. Like, now you can have the uncut raw version of it and people can enjoy that and watch that however they want. So, I mean, maybe for, so if like for, for established creators, I guess so they have their audience, they have their style. So maybe, maybe it's not going to affect them as much, but like, what about new creators? Are we going to have like this influx of the edgy content now? Because now people who want to start their their own channels or streams or shows they're not starting with these restrictions and now they have more freedom to to build their voice and their content from the ground up with that kind of freedom yeah i feel like that's something that we gotta figure out like how far is youtube gonna enforce this mm -hmm. and then the the next question becomes like uh, let's say if one person does really well and they're getting like millions of views, uh, but they have a lot of profanity and they're getting their content watched by, you know, by adults or like by people who literally who enjoy their content, but they're just like out there. Um, will they be monetized? Mm -hmm. um, that is another thing that, you know, I've been looking into trying to start up my YouTube for like my casting and this podcast and trying to get you know trying to get that real going but at the same time it's like how far can i push that without getting you know shut down by youtube or uh or essentially like hate hated on i don't i don't know how else to really describe it you for the most part you just want to make sure that whatever you're saying you stick by um and if the content that's in there starts getting like overtly offensive i guess um like youtube has to really take a step in at that point 
Well, I think that about wraps it up for the content that I've prepared. Anything else you wanted to throw in the ring, Kevin? Um, I let me let me let me just double check here real quick. Um, no, I think that we we covered everything that we wanted to touch on. Um, uh, actually, a really quick thing. Uh, there was a there was a game of Among Us that was played with Jimmy Fallon a couple days ago. Um, I don't that like is... Jimmy Fallon, but I respect how much he like actually gives gaming like it's due like he doesn't treat gaming like it's a joke yeah and i i respect that a lot um but i honestly uh, here is kevin putting on his tinfoil hat and i would throw my hat in the ring too if i got the chance but i feel like in the future we're gonna have a talk show host who was either you know a personality in gaming or you know at least had a hand in it um and I feel like a late night gaming show would be amazing. Um, like if you had like big stars come on and, you know, discuss what, what's going on on their stream, what's what's coming up. Like you essentially treat it like a late night, you know, talk show. But it's like you can air it on TV, air it on Twitch at the same time, have that kind of like level of engagement. But I just think that that's the way how our. Our generation is moving. People speaking Korean are going to have like a real good time finding gigs then. Exactly. Um, or yeah, you just have to learn Korean or tag out and have somebody else tag in, you know, <laughs> um, have a pull a double duty here. But honestly, like Jimmy being the first one to really like acknowledge gamers like this, this Among Us game was uh, Jimmy, a uh, couple of the members of the Roots. Um, Dustin and Noah from Stranger Things, and then Saikuno, Corpse Husband, and Valkyrie. So um, three really big Twitch streamers and a bunch of everyone else. This is kind of like the thing that I wanted to point out is like this is kind of the second biggest celebrity collab that they've done. Uh -huh. um, the first one was with AOC um, a while ago where they did it was like AOC and like the offline TV house and they all played Among Us. Um, so that was an interesting thing, but it's cool how they're they're at least trying to understand what's going on they're they're not just like shut off and being like oh gamers just sit in their room and watch you know a girl sit in a hot tub for 10 hours like that's not that's not it we we're people too like a lot of us true content creators um are out here trying to you know make friends and have fun and this is honestly one of the best ways of doing it Cool. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. My voice is shot. I have rehearsal in 13 minutes, so this is going to be fun. <laughs> um, but, yeah, tune in with us next week, and I guess that's going to be the last episode of this season because the week after, we start Season 4 of the Overwatch League. Hooray! Yay! Somehow, we and they have both made it. Uh, anyway, guys, thanks again, and we will talk to you soon. Adios. Next week, we'll bring you gaming and Overwatch news from across the internet and get ready for Season 4 of The League. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. 
you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.